Welcome to another edition of the McKnight's Long-Term Care News Market Leaders Podcast, where industry experts share their insights and seeds of success are planted. I'm Jim Berklin, Executive Editor for McKnight's, and I'm here today with Reliant Rehabilitation's Chief Development Officer, Stephanie Parks. We'll be discussing the financial impact of the 15% Medicare Part B therapy assistant cut that was implemented on January 1st. But first, Stephanie, tell us a little bit about Reliant and your experience in the industry. Sure. Well, Reliant is um, a national contract therapy company. We service uh, 900 approximately locations coast to coast. And I am a speech pathologist by profession. I um, have worked in operations. I honestly fell in love with our industry over 20 years ago with taking care of grandmas and grandpas is what I like to call them and never looked back. It's been a passion from day one. And um, it's been a great, great place to be with all the challenges and, and headwinds that we experience in this industry. We still um, do a great job of, of as an industry of taking care of our elderly. I actually um, came to Reliant running an in-house program for um, what is now one of my dear friends in the industry. And in 2007, we flipped that in-house program over to Reliant and I moved with that program. And um, now I get to play offense every day and help grow the company. Well, that's great. Can you take us into the thought process for aligning therapy reimbursement with therapy expense and, and how this can impact SNF operators? Yeah. So um, like I said, 20 years, very passionate. Um, I have a, a lot of friends in the industry and I truly do believe and consider my colleagues, my friends and pre PDPM. So it's, it's kind of, that feels like a lifetime ago, Jim, after you know, what we've been through with the last two years, but 2019, we had one of the biggest reimbursement shifts in our industry in over 20 years. And with that shift, therapy was impacted in the fact that, um, you know, with rugs, uh, we were the revenue generator, right? Everything revolved around uh, it, pretty much therapy and not so much about, you know, contemplating the as much about the coding or as much about the nursing components. Um, and that all shifted and it, and it created a scenario where therapy could be a cost center and we had to be very thoughtful about how we were providing care. And with that, uh, when we're talking about the aligning reimbursement, We've also recently, in, on January 1 of 2022, had an additional change in reimbursement that has not been as, um, it's interesting because it definitely hasn't been as publicized, especially you know, in the circles of you know, operators that I talk to, some of, some of which run really you know, sophisticated in-house programs, and, and some are my clients. It just hasn't hit the radar as much as PDPM, and it definitely is impactful. And uh, I, I want to get the message out uh, to everyone to make sure that we're watching that because if you don't really focus on how your your therapy expenses look by payer type, you could easily end up upside down, and you don't want to be upside down, right? Therapy needs to at least be aligned with reimbursement line by line. Yeah, no question. Uh, you don't want to be upside down unless you're on some gymnastics team or anything like that. But <laughs> well, we know the, the razor thin margins that the operators run on and, and they just can't afford any line item to be upside down. Excellent. You know, McKnight's recently published a, a Reliant article, Are SNF Operators Unknowingly Paying the Full Impact of the Part B Assistant Cuts? Tell us more, even more about these cuts, please. 
Yeah, sure. Um, as I mentioned uh, previously, these um, cuts have been, they had been planned for um, over a year. And, you know, as true Medicare um, cuts go, reimbursement changes go, um, it came right down to the wire. We were hoping um, all of our trade associations were lobbying, saying this is the wrong time. Obviously, you know, we're still in the middle of the public health emergency. Um, you know, COVID has not gone away, unfortunately. And, you know, with, with staffing crisis across the board and long-term care, including therapy, um, making this type of cut is, is the wrong decision, the wrong, wrong industry to be touching right now, as we all know, right? So um, it came down to the wire. Unfortunately, all of the lobbying efforts did not work and they, CMS decided to go ahead and move forward with this adjustment. And just for some background on this, it's not unlike the physician assistants and nurse practitioners that um, for some time now have actually received a discounted rate for their services compared with medical doctor, the MD, right? So we all work off the same fee schedule, the published CMS fee schedule each year. We're billing CPT codes based on units of therapy and or unit or um, the type of services we provide, physicians and PTOT speech. We all are using that same schedule, different codes. But when a nurse practitioner or a um, physician assistant provides the same service as a doctor, they get reimbursed at a lower rate at 85%. And that is what now has impacted the therapy industry. As of January 1, 2022, the, uh, what we call a physical therapy assistant, PTA, or a certified occupational therapy assistant, CODA, when they provide services under Medicare Part B, their services are discounted by 15%. And uh, with that, you know, it's unfortunate, um, you know, that it went under the radar and that I haven't heard many people talking about it. And, um, you know, this is impactful with, as you know, we talk about razor thin margins and expensive clinicians providing these services and even more so now, right. With the, the staffing crisis that, that everyone is having where we're having to pay premiums. And, um, you know, it's, it's not an easy switch to say, well, it'd be, it'd be like saying, well, why doesn't an MD provide all the care because they get hundred percent reimbursement. Um, you can't just say, why wouldn't an, an evaluating registered clinician PT or OT provide all the services that that doesn't happen. Um, these assistants provide necessary services across the United States in, in nursing homes across the United States. We rely on their services. They provide quality outcomes. And in many cases, especially in rural America, you can't even find a registered clinician to work full time in your site. So without the assistance, you know, there would be an impact to care and a significant impact to care. So it is unfortunate that this was the direction that CMS decided to go, but now it's important that we understand it and that we operate effectively, right, with this, with this cut, with this change. Um, and one thing that, that we found that um, we were surprised by is, one, as I'm talking to my sophisticated operator friends who run in-house programs, totally under the radar. They hadn't looked at it, hadn't thought about it. And then, um, you know, even in the media, we hadn't heard that much about the cuts. It, it, it wasn't the most important um, subject for whatever reason. And the reason now that Reliant is wanting to help with this education is um, we found that our software, our billing software, we had to manually go in um, you would assume 
as you're coding, Jim, I'm going to back up a second. So when we send the uh, billing charges in, <clears throat> you have a modifier that you put at the end of the code that says, I'm an assistant providing this service rather than an evaluator. So you would assume because you're coding it every day as you're putting your charges in, that that automatically on our invoice would be reflected. That's, that's what we thought, that it would automatically um, show that we were going to bill a discounted amount to our clients. Um, we've been putting these codes on for a year. CMS likes us to get practice when they're about to do something. So we've been coding this for a long time. We didn't change anything operationally. Um, that's something that, you know, even though the cut didn't happen until January, everyone on their billing has been doing this for a year, over a year. So that code tells when the billers are sending in the charges, it tells CMS to discount that code. That makes sense. Then the operator, the client, the SNF operator receives a discounted reimbursement for that code. However, when we send our bill to the client, we have to tell the system we want to take the discount on our charges. It, it did not change the fee schedule, right? So say you're paying whatever number, 70% of the fee schedule. It didn't change what that fee schedule rate would be, but it does change the reimbursement. So contractually, in theory, um, therapy providers aren't required to take that discount off. Um, we went in, manually changed it on every contract. And so when we charge, it is aligning with reimbursement. But I think operators really have to be aware of that, whether you're in-house or whether you're with a, a third-party provider like Reliant, you need to make sure that you're aware of it and you need to make sure you've had those conversations in full transparency. I was going to ask now, how do you think you know this new all these changes really impact operators the most. And going forward, what do you think the implications might add up to be? Yeah, it's a great question. One, I would strongly encourage every operator, I mean, now it's the first of the month, so the first bills are coming out. Um, as soon as you get your therapy invoice, I would line by line check it. I would make sure that, um, you know, the way that you're going to tell is to align it with, with your reimbursement and look at that code, see what your reimbursement is, and to look at your invoice amount and make sure that that code was billed at a discounted rate. Two, have conversations, um, you know, make sure that, that there is an alignment and transparency with your provider. Um, and, and honestly, on a go forward basis, you have to be very mindful about, and I keep talking about those expenses, but you have to be very mindful about, especially if you're an in-house model or a management type model of how, you know, their costs, your cost. And, you know, again, unfortunately, but just making sure that the salaries align, making sure that the efficiencies align, making sure that providing you know, the right level of care very effectively and efficiently, just like we're doing with managed care payers, just like we're doing with, you know, PDPM. Um, we've, we've learned to be very efficient with our care. We've learned to get really good outcomes. Definitely think this is a, a challenge. And it's something that, again, what at one point, um, many operators considered the part B, I'll use the term gravy. I'm from Texas. So the icing on the top, right? That, um, you know, they, it was extra income, extra revenue. And now it literally could end up costing versus it being a, a revenue or a um, profit center. 
Well, I was going to ask you, what is the risk of not necessarily recognizing uh, or understanding the impact of the cut to in-house or management type therapy contracts? Yeah, and just a little more detail on that is that typically, and again, Jim, I just talked about some um, some of my friends who run sophisticated programs, but typically um, when we're looking at um, a program, we run an analysis and, and we'll be able to see some inefficiencies from in-house versus outsource because we do one thing and we have to do it very well to stay in business, you know, as a in-house operator, they have a lot of other concerns besides just running a therapy department. And, and many times um, it can look on paper like it is um, a profitable department. But I told you 20 years ago, I worked in an in-house model and um, as, as a rehab director, speech path. And I can tell you, you know, now that the model that I was running then would never work in today's world. We've gone through so many changes and so many cuts that um, you just can't keep doing the same thing anymore. And in these programs, typically, you know, staffing is difficult. You don't have a robust recruiting department dedicated to relationships with schools, relationships with therapists from all over the United States that are, you know, you can move around, um, even a nice footprint in a certain market. So um, what we see is a tendency to what we call wage creep. So um, a little higher payment to fill those necessary positions than maybe what the market needs. Um, That's many times what we find. We also find that um, in these in-house or management models that the therapists are um, pulled. They're clinicians, they are skilled, and, you know, their non-productive time is extremely expensive. And in many times, they're not being used in a billable capacity. They're being used in, in a different value-added capacity, but in a non-productive, non-billable way. And that can get very expensive. And sometimes, you know, the operator may not even be aware of that, right? They, they just see, you know, okay, I'm paying X amount for my therapy department and may not understand that it doesn't have to be with a $50 an hour PT, right? So that's a huge risk, the wage creep and then um, being pulled. And, and what I would call that is the efficiency factor, right? So typically um, one metrics is as a clinician is to look at billable time versus non-billable time. And um, in, in an in-house model, um, we typically see that creep down, which is very expensive. And, and again, back to the part B cuts now, I mean, it's always this misnomer that, you know, again, part B is really where the revenue is. And, and it's a, um, especially now for under PDPM, that therapy can um, do better in a part B long-term care situation, right? Taking care of the, the long-term care population. Um, and now that gap between the two is very small and every payer type is, is razor thin. So we have to be careful. So it's just a watch out really on both sides from in-house management and um, outsourced. Any thoughts about risk sharing models like iSNPs? Yeah, um, iSNPs have gotten a lot of traction lately. And um, I I definitely have learned. um, It's funny because we um, have some relationships with iSNPs and and with our clients. We've learned to risk share. Um, It wasn't something that um, comes naturally to therapy companies or to therapists. And with this on an, an interesting, I think it's an interesting side note is that there's no impact. You know, I've had some conversations with um, some, some ISNP um, models and, and they, they ask, they're like, well, many times, especially with in-house, they're reluctant because of the Part B revenue. And in this case, those, those ISNP models are not impacted at all. So it's interesting, right? They're per member per month and, and they're, um, 
reimbursement remained the same. Very good. So the question really comes down to what should SNF operators be doing now? Yeah, and yeah, I think what's most important is right now the timeliness of getting on top of it, right? Um, it's, it's very important. And I recommend on a regular basis to, I say regular once every, and it's, you know, it's funny for me to say this because that means I'm going through this exercise with all of my, my clients as well. But I think regardless of the model that you're in, you always should take, a, a, and best practice, I would think any expense as an operator, you should go line by line, review what you're doing on an annual basis, make sure that the reimbursement is aligned, especially with the expensive therapy costs. And, and right now, it's not going to be easy for the in-house um, to do this. The invoicing piece for outsource is easier, Jim, for them to, to line that up and see how they're being charged on the in-house and for management, you really have to know your all-in expenses. And, and there's actually, um, we wrote a white paper on this last year. There's a lot of hidden costs that may not be contemplated because it's not just your therapy expense, right? There's HR, there's risk, there's recruiting. You know, there's many other um, expenses that affect the corporation besides just the expense of the therapist's salary. And so finding that all-in cost and looking at how your reimbursement is line by line is, is crucial right now. Excellent, excellent. As we look at sort of summarizing today now, wrapping this up a little bit, what would be the one thing, okay, maybe two I'll give you, what are the one or two things that really listeners have to take away from our talk today? Transparency, good partnerships. And you said one or two, but um, that's the theme here, right? Is understanding cost, understanding how reimbursement cuts affect them, and really making that important and a priority right now, today. And when I say good partnerships, having those conversations, those, those tough conversations with your partners. Stephanie, thank you for your time today and for sharing your expertise with us. It's easy to see why so many people come to you for advice. I've been speaking with Stephanie Parks, Chief Development Officer for Reliant Rehabilitation. Thanks everyone for listening to the McKnight's Long-Term Care News Market Leaders Podcast. I'm Jim Berklin, wishing you good health and outstanding days ahead.